This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Are you looking for a solution to coat your most difficult products with no touch-up? Then Gama's dynamic contouring equipment is the right solution for you. Unlike robotic coating, dynamic contouring offers greater flexibility without all the programming hassle while correctly positioning each powder gun to automatically coat your parts. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Automate it, position it, detect it, code it. Complete it with Gamma. Hello all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode 40 of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, Nathan. He's ChemQuest Powder Coating Research's formulator dude. What's up, everybody? We're broadcasting from the ChemQuest Powder Coating Research Studios in Columbus, Ohio. The purpose of the Astro Powder Podcast is to bring the latest news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. So let's get it rolling. Okay, but before we do, I'd like to give a somber shout-out to Phil Phillips, who passed away recently. Phil was an icon in the powder coating industry dating way back to his days at Polymer Corp in Reading, PA. And if you're a powder coating historian, you may recall that Polymer Corp was a precursor to Morton Powder Coatings, which eventually became Roman Haas. For a brief stint, it was Dow Chemical or Dow Powder Coatings. It's now part of ExoNobel's Interpond Powder Coating business in North America. After a stellar career in industry, Phil migrated to business consulting by first joining the ChemQuest Group in 1985, then established himself as the managing director of ChemMark Consulting Group in 1998. That's where he spent the rest of his career. I knew Phil very well, um, and, you know, to kind of give you an idea what kind of guy he was, he was... He was an affable gentleman with a great business acumen and a wonderful sense of humor. The industry recognized Phil back in 2013 by inducting him into the Powder Coating Institute Hall of Fame. You will be missed, my friend, and our heartfelt condolences to his wife, Pat, his kids, and the grandkids. And now... It's time for our Guess What segment of our broadcast. Guess what? All right, PCI Magazine reports that PPG is opening a powder coating research and customer application center in Italy. You know, we recently talked about Axonobel opened a powder technology center in Como, Italy. Now, uh, PPG is opening their own R&D, you know, the European Central Powder 
Coatings Research and Development Center in Milan, Italy. The R&D Center will focus on innovating powder coatings product development, demonstrating advanced powder technologies, and providing customer and technical support. So the Milan facility is going to be their European hub for cross-technology research and development, hosting laboratories for other businesses that include automotive, OEM, and refinish coatings. That sounds great. Yeah. I wonder if it's a, a, a new build or if it's a, a facility they had that they're just uh, converting into a technology center, but a uh, nice part of the world. Absolutely. IPCM reports Tom Botell was elected president of the World Coatings Council. Uh, Tom was the CEO of the British Coatings Federation, and now he's been appointed as the World Coatings Council CEO for a two-year term. He says he'll focus on sustainability, the council publishing its first sustainability report later during the year. And for those of you who don't know, the World Coatings Council is established itself as a global voice with the United Nations governments and NGOs for over 30 years, providing the industry with a forum for exchange and cooperation. And it's composed of members from all over the world. All right, and European Coatings Journal tells us that Nivonic's opening its new Applied Technology Center in Brazil. The modern building will combine eight state-of-the-art laboratories, two pilot plants, and all the necessary infrastructure to support industries in their development. The application laboratories are aimed at industries in several strategic markets for Evonik, such as polyurethanes, paints, construction, agriculture, cross-linkers, personal care, home care, pharmaceuticals, and animal nutrition. That's interesting, eh? Because they, they, they must be seeing uh, a real uh, future for their industry and for their business in South America. And, uh, yeah, that, that sounds great. Sounds exciting. Oh, Yeah. And Coatings Tech Magazine published an interview with Joe Powder in their <laughs> March issue. How about that? So if you want to read a lot of words about this guy, go and look that up. And there are a lot of words about this guy. Well, you know, it, it, it actually is an interview where um, it's entitled, uh, a, a Look into the Future of Powder Coatings, dot, 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 an interview with Joe Powder, which... Yeah, it's kind of a little, almost a little embarrassing, but uh, ChemQuest's George Pilcher interviewed uh, my alter ego and asked me a lot of questions about innovation in our industry. All right, my friends, it's time for our question and answer section. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll answer. Powder coding. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. All right, our first question comes from Allison in Boise, Idaho. She says, Hey, Joe, it was so great to see you in Orlando. I have these random situations. I need wise counsel as to not get myself into something I don't understand. All right, Allison sent a picture of a sign for the local courthouse. Mm -hmm. It's a 8 by 14 foot sign. And they believe that the finish was damaged by power washing. And Allison's being asked, they want us to clear coat or help them bring back the shine. What's the best practice for preparing and coating brass? Hey, Allison, it was it was great to see you as well uh, in Orlando. And 
we're talking about here is the powder coating week, which was was held in March. Regarding the um, issue with refinishing this large brass sign, I think it should be rather straightforward. First, you have to remove the old finish and thoroughly clean the surface uh, before applying the repair coat, if you will. I would recommend you using a mild media blast to remove the old coating. Uh, and I say mild media, um, you want to make sure that you don't damage uh, the surface of the brass with your um, coating removal process. Follow that process with a good alkaline cleaner and thoroughly rinse it with a, a couple of clean water rinses. And I think you should have an acceptable surface. That said, I wouldn't let the part sit around very long before drying it off. I would say that, you know, preheating, drying it off. And I would recommend spraying it warm. All right. Allison responds. We will be using an 80 grit garnet, which is currently all we use for prepping metal. Is powder clear a good top coat for the brass, or would you suggest paint versus powder? Allison, you're, you're asking a guy whose last name begins with powder. Um, so, yes, I would go with powder coating. And specifically, I would use a super durable polyester clear coat. Before committing the whole sign in its entirety, I would test the clear coat that you're, you're selecting on a piece of brass prior to committing the whole part. Uh, so even if it's a piece of brass that's not associated with this big sign, you should spray it with a clear coat to make sure you don't get any surprises. And the reason for this is a few powder coating chemistries can have a chemical reaction um, which causes a darkening, but a chemical reaction with the, um, the cuprous content of the brass. So just if you can find a, 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 an old piece of brass uh, that's uncoated, powder coated, pop it in the oven for traditional bake, and I think you'll, you'll know that the coating is going to be okay. I would recommend a TGIC super durable polyester, and I would expect it's going to work much better than uh, a TGIC free one. Good luck with this one. Let me know if you need anything else from me. Kind regards, Joe. Okay, friends, it's time for a word from our sponsors. Synchronized monitoring and control of your automatic coding process is at the core of the powerful, user-friendly platforms for complete smart factory automation by Gama. Gama Connect, the newest Smart Factory production information tool from Gama, provides full visibility of the current status and key performance indicators for your Gama powder coating system. The Gama Connect dashboard, available anytime and anywhere, is a safe cloud-based digital management tool providing comprehensive monitoring and analyzing capabilities that empower you to improve your operational efficiency, maximize resources, and reduce operating costs. To learn more, visit completeitwithgama.com. To speak with a representative or schedule a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Connect it, synchronize it, analyze it, optimize it. Now is the time to complete it with Gama. 
The Powder Coating Research Group is now part of the ChemQuest Group, proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder podcast. ChemQuest Powder Coating Research is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from evaluating raw materials, formulating the next generation of coating, developing new products, consulting, testing, troubleshooting, and training. Our parent company, ChemQuest, provides expert business strategy and advisory services in all aspects of the specialty chemicals value chain, including expertise in both liquid and powder coating. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or ChemQuest's website at www.chemquest.com. You can email Kevin Biller at kbiller at chemquest.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. The ChemQuest Group is the parent company of CQPCR and provides strategic consulting to companies throughout the specialty chemicals value chain, including advisory services on business strategy, market research, mergers, acquisitions, or divestitures, manufacturing excellence, and formulation, application development, and benchmarking for liquid coatings and adhesives through our sister facility, the ChemQuest Technology Institute. Please contact Edie Fox Abrams, Vice President of Business Development at info at chemquest.com. Welcome back. Our next question comes from Rex in New York. He says, hello, Joe. What equipment is necessary for a powder painter to wear to protect from the dust? Hey, Rex. Good question. Here's what I recommend. I I think your operator should wear a disposable Tyvek or equivalent suit. These are readily available, and uh, they work wonders. Also, safety glasses, and at the minimum, an N95 dust mask. And it should be well-fitted and secured so that uh, it, it traps any dust that could be in the environment. But what I would recommend would even be better than an N95 dust mask, which I would say is the minimum uh, requirement, would be an air-supplied respirator, um, especially if you've got an environment that uh, can be warm and humid. The industry kind of calls these things powered air purifying respirators or PAPR or PAPRAS. 3M is is known to kind of design and sell these things. They're, they're really, really comfortable, lightweight. Um, I'm pretty sure you'd be able to find some that are made by other air purifying type PPE type companies as well. Regarding uh, wearing gloves, Um, Our recommendation is not to wear gloves, as if your operators are handling manual guns, it's better to have a direct ground or earth from the palm of your hand to the handle of the gun. Well, yeah, the guns are designed to to ground, yeah, to the the operator's hand. But there are gloves that you can get that, um, Mm. that are grounded. Okay. All right. Well, you, you should use that as something uh, to consider. Hope this helps you, Rex. Uh, 
Good luck with your powder operation, Joe. Okay, and our next question comes from Sunil in India. And Sunil says, Dear Mr. Joe, we're in business to produce diesel generators with acoustic enclosures. We apply pure polyester powder coating on these enclosure parts. Recently, we've been asked to install our generator at a place which is surrounded by heavy chlorine gas throughout the life of all of the installations over there. Can you suggest a suitable surface treatment and painting system for our enclosure parts to resist such an atmosphere and guide us on the life expectancy of such a coating system and if it's required, um, what's the frequency of recoating on site to sustain the durability of the coating? It's an urgent matter and your guidance may help others also having a similar requirement. Regards, Sunil. All right, Nate. Yeah, I first read this and I thought, what the heck? Chlorine gas? I was saying, what is this, like a, a chemical a warfare uh, environment? And I don't think it is. It must have something to do with, uh, uh, you know, industrial production of mm-hmm. chlorine gas for, you know, downstream type chemical products. <laughs> or it's a byproduct of some other chemical process. Yeah. Good, good point. All right, Sunil. So you are wise to consider using a more durable powder coating than what you're using right now as a pure polyester, which is pretty darn good stuff, but I don't think it's going to hold up to a hostile chemical environment uh, in which you're describing. So let's, let's break this down. First talk about the metal pretreatment. Um, if these are ferrous parts, and I'm assuming they are steel, the steel must be completely clean and devoid of any oil, soils, or oxidation. So if there's any oxides, I would recommend a, a blast cleaning process to begin with, uh, followed by a good cleaning technique involving, involving a high-quality alkaline cleaner, followed by a rinse, a rinse or two of water. The next stage would be a high-quality iron phosphate, which would then be followed by a couple of rinses, clean water. The final stage should be a seal, and that would be um, a recommendation from your chemical pretreatment company. used to be chromate-based, but they're, they're organic or you know, organic-slash-inorganic combinations as final sealers. But it's really, really important to get your parts clean and get them pre-treated and do it properly. Um, after the final stage, the parts should be thoroughly dried with a, a forced air oven and then cooled to a certain amount before the powder coating application. It's okay to spray them a little bit warm, but yeah, prepare them for the powder application. Now, as, as for the, the, the type of powder chemistry I recommend, this is all going to depend if it's an indoor application or an outdoor environment. Um, I'm, a, I'm assuming this is an indoor application because you shouldn't be, in a, shouldn't be generating chlorine uh, gas uh, in an outdoor setting. So let me break this down. For indoor environments... I would recommend that you use a functional-grade epoxy-based powder coating. 
the the powder coating should be applied to a thickness of at least 75 microns, but preferably 100 to maybe 150 microns, and then ensure that you thoroughly cure the powder per the manufacturer, the powder manufacturer's recommendation. Now, if we're dealing with exterior environments, um, what I would recommend is a two-coat. I would start with an epoxy-based primer. I'd give it kind of like a 50% cure, you know, gelation-type process with the epoxy-based primer. Follow that with a polyurethane top coat. The polyurethane top coat will give you a combination of excellent UV durability along with excellent chemical resistance. Um, it's important that you kind of marry up these two coats correctly, and that's why I'm uh, uh, recommending a half or 50% bake of the primer so that the polyurethane uh, has a surface to bite into um, chemically. Now, the reason why this the epoxy polyurethane combination is um, they're they're both the chemistries are both capable of resisting the chlorine gas, and this should give you a coating system with rather long um, durability. So recoating shouldn't be necessary for a long time, and I, I'm talking probably you know, upwards of you know five years or more. What I would also recommend is before you venture into any coating system that you're going to use for this application, you should run some tests to ensure that you're doing everything correctly. And this means preparing some test panels with the same kind of metal cleaning and then coating system and, and cured under similar, if not the same conditions that you would do on your finishing line. Put these test panels uh, uh, in an, an environment they're going to see in the field. Um, I'd, I'd coat a number of test panels and expose them to, to this chlorine gas um, that you've mentioned in your question. Um, this will ensure that you're doing things correctly um, and that your process is appropriate for the materials you're using. Good luck with this one. Um, if you have any further questions, Sunil, give me a shout. I'd be happy to help you. Best regards, Joe. All right, it's time for our upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. All right, and depending on when this episode actually gets uploaded, you might be in Indianapolis right now with us at the American Coding Show. It's going on the 5th through 7th of April at the Indiana Convention Center, Indianapolis, uh, we have a booth. It's the it's on the powder coating pavilion. It's number fifteen sixty six. Be there or be square, my friends. Yeah, come see us if you hear this message before. <laughs> hey, we got lots to talk about, um, and we got some really good giveaways this year, Nate. Oh yeah, we've got these really cool dark sunglasses um, that have the ChemQuest logo on the temples, and yeah, grab a pair. Um, it may be a bright, sunny day in Indianapolis, and they could come in handy. 
Yeah, it's the law around here. You gotta wear your sunglasses so you can feel cool. All right, uh, the fourth through sixth of May, uh, coatings for Africa uh, is taking place at the Santon Convention Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. That one's produced by PPCJ and DMG Events. If you happen to be in the neighborhood, yeah, those are our good friends at uh, Polar Paint Coatings. Journal probably said that wrong, but yeah, um, stop in and say hello to our friends. Uh, at the same time, if you're in Plymouth, Michigan, the 5th of May, the Focus Show that's the future of coatings under study that's put on by the Detroit Society for Coatings Technology, and this is all about automotive coatings. And it's you know, they're talking about the what's what's next. Automotive. Yeah, that's uh, actually Cinco de Mayo. I think, don't we get that day off, Nate? I think I'll be <laughs> knocking back to... some Coronas uh, on that day. I'll have to ask the boss. And then June 21st through 23rd is Abrafati. That's the big um, show in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It represents the entire coding industry and um South America, Latin America, and worldwide. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That that one was delayed. I think it, it, they didn't run that one last year. Did it's they? been pushed we, back. It was originally in October or September, oh. and they just kind of push it back a few times. But I don't know. Looks like it's going to happen this time. Yeah. All right. For those of you interested in seeing the – Joe Powder column, questions and answers in print. You can find them in Paint and Coating Industries Magazine, PCI Magazine, where it's uh, under their Finishing Flash tab. You can also find it in IPCM, which is Industrial Paint and Coatings Magazine, which is published by, by our good friends in Italy. You can find that in every one of their issues and also on their website. And you can also find the Ask Joe Powder column um, in PPCJ, um, which is published in the UK. Um, that's in their print version and also on their website. All right, and you can find us online at askjoepowder.com. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you find them. We have a YouTube channel now where we're uploading the episodes there and we're going to probably include some other kind of content on there as we have things to upload follow us on twitter aka joe powder and if you want to ask a question to joe powder the email address is ask powder at yahoo.com or you can call and leave a message at country code one four seven eight to ask joe that's one four seven eight two two seven Five five six three. This has been a production of the ChemQuest Powder Coating Research. Our music editing and those lovely stingers are done by Nick Page. And if you do listen to this before the ACS, you should buy me a beer. And if you listen to this after the ACS, that means that you didn't buy me a beer, and so you owe me one. After you buy Nathan a beer... I'll get the next round. And keep your powder dry. 
Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gamma. Synchronized monitoring and control of your entire automated process is the core of Gamma's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems. With options like line management, offering deeper insight into productivity and consumption, or energy management, allowing you to monitor and save both energy and air consumption, or batch management, offering tracking of powder used to coat production batches. Gamma provides the very best in technology and connectivity for smarter factory automation. To learn more about Gamma's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems, visit completeitwithgamma.com. Connect it, control it, track it, synchronize it. Complete it with Gamma. Anyhow. Alright. That was the guy that used to sing Batman and all the <laughs> all the cool punk rock shows. Okay. <clears throat> You ready? <coughs> just uh, speak up loud and clear the whole time. <sighs> la 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 la. Oh. ASMR for you there, Nick. <laughs>